Good morning, good afternoon to all our Novus podcast listeners. On today's podcast, I am extremely excited to welcome the team from St. Basil's. I will let them do their own introductions and I'll try and get a word in edgeways where I can. So welcome. Yeah, what do you mean by that? I mean, I barely talk to anyone ever. Um, Yes, well, I'm Barry. uh, Barry Hodge, that's my full name, isn't it? Yep. And uh, I'm the head of fundraising and communications for St Basil's, which sounds rather grand and fancy, but it's really just about telling people about the charity and hopefully getting them to give us money at some point. Um, and this is uh, I am Sian Dillon and I'm Barry Sidekick and uh, I, again I work for the charity and within the fundraising team looking at um, getting support for our young people you make it sound like we're a poor Morecambe and Wise oh gosh Sidekick gosh oh that I am that's what I've so, known uh, are, are you like Scrappy and I'm like Scooby Doo <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll let our listeners uh, d- we'll do a poll on this podcast and see what the listeners think, see what the double act would be. I, I, am, I am definitely, I'm, you're definitely not the sidekick. You're the one that kind of leads me through this. Yeah. Just so that we can get both of you in on the action. Yes, we'll, yes, uh, indeed, yes. Point our heads. That's what we talk okay. into. So yeah. yeah. I keep forgetting. Or shout, yeah, yeah. perhaps. Um, okay, so how does Novus and St Basil's paths cross, guys? Um, well, I, I can probably answer that. It, it was a bit of a bizarre um, setup. Um, it was quite a few years ago now. I remember being in a Starbucks uh, with Chris, okay, and uh, he he'd uh, he'd sent us email saying that he wanted to to do an Ironman event, <laughs> and you know, and and I, I I quite like my my physical challenges, but even Ironman stuff is just that's insane. And he wanted to do Ironman Wales, and if anybody's ever looked at what Ironman Wales is, it is the toughest Ironman on the planet. You know, it's not easy because it's all uphill. Um, <laughs> so obviously, you know, you know. Anybody who drops us a message who wants to support St. Basil's, we're, we're going to, uh, we're certainly going to get back in touch with them. But this was the one that really intrigued me. So, so I was like, I, I need to meet you. Yeah, you know, I, I need to know more about this. So we must have spent about an hour and a half just talking about Iron Man events and how he was into all this stuff. And and yeah, he wanted to raise money for St. Basil's and supporters, and which is absolutely incredible. But it, just the fact that he he did that challenge, and then we used this um, this app called Strava. So I was I was following his training. And I was just like, this is, and you know, I, I like doing the odd run and the, the odd bit of cycling, but I was like, this is just insane what this man is doing. And, and that's when it began and, and it has remained like that. And and, and I and now include yourselves as great friends of ours um, who are who are all wonderful people. But my God, how it started. Yeah, it started over a latte in Starbucks. Yeah. And, and here we are. Yes. So relationships often are formed on good foundations. So the attraction was, which came first, the the fact that Chris was a little bit crazy or the St. Basil interest? I, I would say it was definitely the fact that Chris was crazy. Yeah, um, I'd agree. But I, I would say that, that what you tend to find, um, I'm going to get serious a minute, this is bizarre. No, it? go for it. But we, we talk a lot about this uh, in our team, especially amongst the fundraisers, that you tend to find that people, it's the relationships that, that really count. Um, we, we, you know, St. Basil's is a cause, we're a youth homeless charity, um, it's not a very relatable cause because, thankfully, the vast majority of people aren't going to end up homeless. Now, the reasons that lead to homelessness, everybody can identify with, and I'm sure we'll move on to that at some point. Um, but the thing about Chris was that he just—he was—he was just this lovely character, and 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 I found. For, for me, I found a bit of a kindred spirit. I don't know if he sees mm. it that way. 
Yeah, um, I think so. Yeah, but I, I knew right away when I met him, I thought this is someone that I can relate to. And we find that the best relationships that we have with all of our supporters, it tends to be the relationship between the individuals. So I know Sian, you know, you know, she works really, really closely with a, a whole group of individuals who, who are long-term supporters of us. And, and what you tend to find in a, a lot of the charity of the year partnerships is they are for the year but actually, because of our partnerships and the way that we manage them, they tend to go on year on year. Sorry, Sienna, I've been talking. No, that's oh. it's probably best. Um, yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably best, yeah. And, and, and it's a good point, and it's a poignant point, because Barry brought me along here um, to meet yourself, Laura and Chris, and I think that it was it was quite apparent straight away um, that, that we married really well. We got on um, tremendously well, because when your values and everything that you're your purposes and 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 you, your aims in life um, match and 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 can can align well. That's the foundation. That's where the foundation comes from. Because anything that comes after that is just fun and it's it's rewarding and it's adventurous. Um, and that's the that those are the kind of relationships that that we kind of encourage because um, that's what we're like. That's. That's, that's our ethos, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Everybody matters. Yeah. And you guys show that everybody matters. I um, I think the listeners are going to see a different side of me today. And <laughs> anyone that follows Novus are going to realise how emotional I can get. I've It's just ringing in my ears of, Barry, you nailed it with the whole relationship um, foundation. And all I could think about was the moment that I met Sienna. And I just thought, yep, it's that that same level of thought process and your values and your ethos and we just love you guys in and out of what you um stand up for it's you know when paths just cross and, yeah. and our listeners will relate to the paths that they cross with people that are close yeah. to them and we can have a conversation when we've not seen very much of each other because of the the situation that that everybody is in that we've not seen it in each other as often as we would have liked. Well, what situation is that? I mean, is there something going on? <laughs> we'll yeah. come on to that oh, yeah, in a yeah. moment. Oh, yeah. Brexit. Ah, there's that, isn't there? Who's that? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think most people have, actually. Oh. But you oh, can wait. just literally pick up that relationship and it's exactly yeah. as if yeah. we went for dinner last night or down the pub last week exactly. or anything like that. It's, it's exactly the same, which is lovely. And I think relationships like that are hard to come by these days no definitely I, I think it's because the world is so quick and everything that's it's almost like you don't have time to stop and the, and the one thing i would say that has been good i can't believe i'm using the term good to describe a global pandemic but there <laughs> it is i went with it is that it, i think it's given a lot of people the chance to stop and think um and think about what's important to them mm-hmm. and you know the, the amount of people that i've been speaking to that, that work in all different kinds of sectors and industries you know close close friends of mine um, who have just taken stock and had the time to reevaluate everything. Um, so you know, like the, the other the other day there for the first time in about a year, our cycling team got together for the first time. We've been doing a lot of online stuff because mm. um, you can do all that now. Um, but we actually went on a group ride together, organized outdoors, outdoors, <gasps> and and it was just the most how exciting! It was lovely, and and you you this was the sort of stuff we would do like twice a week before all this kicked off and. And it was it was actually quite emotional. You've got to bear in mind that we are like you know, six of us, and it's like 
these six, you know, hardcore, very competitive individuals who were all getting quite emotional about Aww. actually physically seeing one another. And it probably doesn't help that I'm now the father of a seven-month-old daughter, so I'll just cry at everything anyway. So, you know. You know. <laughs> we will definitely come on to that aspect of Do your we life to? later gosh, on. Gosh, gosh, yeah. 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 Away from the I know, yeah. that's why I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't say that, I didn't say that. We'll edit that no, bit, don't, don't worry. I know. My wife She's knows. You know. He's used to trouble. <laughs> Yep. He invites trouble. So, yeah. <laughs> so Sian, how have you been over the last year? Um, yeah, good. Um, I've managed to, to, we've continued working, we've continued doing what we're doing. I've had the pleasure of having a 17-year-old in my house with me 24 hours a day. Who <laughs> um, likes heavy metal music. <laughs> and, oh, and, and has got into vinyls and plays them on repeat. Oh. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Excellent. Pretty cool. No, it's been... It, it's been a challenging year in regards to, you know, health issues, which I'm sure a lot of people can relate to. And there's been challenges with, you know, you, you've seen people going through hardships. It has an, an impact on you. But but there's been so much, like like Barry points out, positivity going on um, where people... And somebody said something to me last week and, and it, it, it really hit a nerve. And they said that, you know, normally we have all these distractions, don't we? So we don't have time, for, like Barry said, to have that reflection yeah. and, and, and yeah. things like that. And when you look inwardly, because you haven't got any distractions, because you're not looking at the external problems, and you look inwardly, um, it's almost like you have to have take that time to, you know, really look at what's important to you. What's important to you? What, what are we doing here? What 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 do we want to get out of life? What do, what legacies do we want to leave? You know, and I, and I think that maybe that's really too deep. No, <laughs> um, <for the laughs> no, but but it, but that's the matter of fact. Um, and and I'm and I'm really satisfied. Looking inwards, I feel quite satisfied with, you know, there's improvements. There's always going to be improvements that need need to happen. But yeah, and I think I'm seeing that with my friends and my family, and and that's nice to see. That's the like you said, there's good mm. things that are coming out of this. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. And I think the way that you just described it, even though you can probably self reflect quite often mm. and take stock of that and move forward with it you are seeing the good that other people are able to do that now yes that's yes. that's that benefit yeah. that that's Definitely. really good and it um it shows that inequality because we've all gone through it we've all got our own story to tell and everyone's story is okay to tell whether you've had loss hardship business failure business promotion all that kind of thing everyone has their own story to tell but when you can look on someone else's story through the pandemic it's good that you can see good in what they're doing. Yeah, so that's great. Really Definitely. good. So how's St. Basil's getting on over the last year? Because obviously that doesn't switch off. No, no, it doesn't. Um, yeah, I mean, how St. Basil's been, it's been a bit of a roller coaster. Um, I mean, fr- from the fundraising perspective, I'll, I'll never forget that day about a year ago when the first lockdown was announced and the reality of, of what was going on kicked in. I mean... A little bit of a side story to it. I, I remember it was March the 15th and I'd been asked to present at a conference in London and uh, it was a Monday morning and I got the train to, to London, Euston and I got off the train and it was like Christmas Day because no one was there. Mm. This is London, Euston on a Monday morning at like half seven. Spooky. And it, it was terrifying. Mm. Um, and that was the first moment I realised, I thought, we're, we're in something serious here. And then the following week it happened, um, we got announced and, and we all knew it was coming and... From, from my role, I, I knew that it meant we're going to cancel all of our fundraising events, um, which means that we are going to lose quite a substantial amount of money, which 
is going to have an adverse impact mm-hmm. on the, the ability and the services that we can provide, um, which is going to have a huge impact on the young people that we support and on our staff. And it, it really just felt like that domino got flicked and mm-hmm. all these things started happening. So, you know, I don't know if I showed it to the team at the time, but there was a moment of a, a bit of a blip when I, I had this moment of, oh God, th- this is this is real. And in the context, it was like a £400,000 day for us. We wow. knew that that's how much money we were going to lose. But it, it almost instantly, it was that, right, okay. You know, and I've always been one of those people that, that goes with, right, I, there's a whole load of stuff in this world that I cannot control. What can we control? Yeah. And that was where the conversation started with the team. And I, and I have been, and I'm not just saying this because Cian's here. I mean, I've, I've, you know, normally I'm not nice in front of you. I'm trying my best, you know. But, you know, I've been so proud of the way the team and everybody has stepped up and said, right, you know, everybody's embraced the attitude of, right, we know that there's stuff that we cannot control here, um, but what can we do? And I look at how the staff have reacted at St Basil's, and, and I mean the frontline staff, um, and the way that they have stepped up in order to, to support the young people through the, the difficulties. And the learning that's came out of it, I mean, there was there's the pandemic aspect of it. Then there's the, the realisation that, you know, that people can't be around one another. Then you have to add into that that we're dealing with young people, many of which have got mental health issues, who have, you know, isolation issues and, and we're talking about serious social isolation that's been one of the major problems with this this pandemic for us at St Basil's is that you know it's the amount of people that that have literally just not been able to, to interact with family members and perhaps repair family relationships that were had been broken but they were working on um so we've had to really really adapt um in terms of a fundraising aspect I mean it actually turned out to be an okay year um, oh, I say okay. I'm, be, I'm I'm downplaying it. it turned out to be an yeah. excellent year, considering it's you know, um, you know, because we, we we thought it was going to be horrendous, and it turned out it, it went really well. Um, but it 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 was the, the the what's the word I'm looking for? Not the, the the sort of the way that people adapted. Yeah, that was it. And and I think watching not just not just us, but I speak a lot to, to other charities in the region and across the country, and you know, got a lot of friends in this sector, and the way that we've all had to adapt. Uh, according to it. and some of the other charities that have been really really hit hard by it because you know a lot of charities they rely on charity shops and um, well charity shops can open I mean, yeah there's a couple of charities that re- rely exclusively on charity shops and events can't open your charity shops and you, you can't, can't run events it, yeah. you know they don't get any trust fundraising or any of that sort of stuff um so it, it has been a real mixed bag but to, to give it a, a bit of context you know you know a third of our workforce at one point was having to self-isolate um, because of you know underlying health issues, or they had it. A fifth of the young people we were supporting were having to do this. Um, you know, we would have the odd outbreak in some of our projects, and when that happened, then you know people have to self isolate. But you know, again, that domino effect. One person gets it, it impacts the entire yeah. project. But just some news we're saying earlier on there. I mean, I, I think the word I've always used to describe all this is, is empathy for other people's mm-hmm. situations. And I think you know, okay, there's there's been like you know, you read the newspapers and you, you see all that stuff and. It, it looks like there's been a lot of horrible things that have happened, but I'm seeing a lot of people who are, who can really relate to one another for the first time yeah. um, and understand people's predicaments. And, yeah. and as we were saying earlier on, our um, cause is not very relatable to a lot of people, but the reasons why it can happen is very relatable. Yes. And sadly, a lot of people are experiencing those things just now. So, you know, for the first time, I mean, I know I'm talking a lot here, but I'll give you a no. quick example of what I'm talking about. I have a friend of mine who is, you know, one of those individuals, how would I describe them? Every person for themselves, 
you know, it's all about him. You know, he doesn't really care about other people. Um, as far as he's concerned, you know, if someone's someone's homeless, you know what, get a job. You know that that kind of attitude. That's the kind sure. of attitude he had. Um, and then this happened, and all of a sudden he loses his job, and he has to navigate the universal credit system for the first time. And I was on the phone some a few months back, and he says, "Barry, I get it. I mm. finally get it, and I I, I realised that that this can happen to anybody." And that that shift. I mean, it's only taken a global pandemic to get him to change his mind. But there you go. Um, it, it just shows you the the, the change in thinking uh, for, for 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 you know the what people are going through. But yeah, long long story short, uh, it's been a difficult year. But you know, here we are. And 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 you're right. There's. I mean, we're really fortunate because we see all the good stuff happening through yeah. this. We we we're witnessing it on a daily basis. That um, you know, you you have to look round and you look at the homelessness stats and you can see that because of the everything in movement from the government and and, and, and they stepped up and, and, and we've been able to put measures in place to make sure that we, we our outreach team are concentrating on the rough sleepers and getting them off the streets and, and getting them into our projects. That's been great. Um, as a national whole, whole we've seen um, rough sleepers counts come down by nearly 70%. Wow, mm-hmm. gosh. So, you know, uh, incredible things happening from, from, from a, a national level, from a local government level. And mostly as well that everybody around us and and just like you said these things are relatable when you look at the stats of um kind of what's going on in the world domestic violence is going up we're seeing an increase of over 10 percent of young people coming to us that that that, uh, are in domestic violence situations and married alongside that is the same amount of people that are coming to us because they've lost jobs so they are relatable 33 percent of our young people um a new cohort of young people coming to us because they are blue collar workers losing their jobs yeah. in the hospitality um, in retail sectors but the positive that actually that you can bring from that is that you know the government are looking at ways to how do we tackle this long term because yes we've, we've, we've you know we've, we've we had a ban on evictions to bring down to, to make sure we dealt with the with the, with the pandemic and, and got people off the streets but but it's the long term now it's it's realizing you know the reasons for homelessness the reasons that, that are relatable to us and how do we address that and I think that because we've we've seen it work, we've seen how we can we can do it, is carrying that on because we're facing an economic crisis. We're going, it's going to happen. It's you know mm. not just COVID. And we joked earlier about Brexit, but those combined will affect businesses. And in the construction industry, where we need more housing, we need to build more housing. And if the construction industry are looking at that and thinking, oh, because of everything that's going on, we've got problems with getting materials, we've got problems with labour because we're not getting the labour. Well, that's great, because we're, we're here, we've got a massive cohort of young people that have, have, are, are, are at the moment not in employment, and we're looking for work for them, and construction is a brilliant place, so come, you know, use us, come and speak to us about the, lab- the young people that we have that are talented and ready to, to kind of come and, and, and help business other businesses um, grow and, and, and meet their targets of getting more housing so that we, we tackle the problem excellent so if just listening to what Sian mentioned there guys if um if anyone if this triggers a thought process for anybody um that is able to supply or has the avenue for what st basil are able to offer please get in touch with either um, myself and i will put Sian and barry's details um attached to the podcast later on because if there can be changes long term in those data statistics that you've been talking about, 
it's not just one person's job to do that. If we all work together and become and collaborate and become aliases, we can actually make a difference. Exactly. And it is that, but- if you look at the butterfly effect, it, it, however you want to see it, is that, and, and, and COVID has, has proven it, you can have one action that happens on the other side of the world one action could be be to do with the bat yeah yeah Um, and then it that transfers everywhere it it, it has affected everybody and i think my message would be your one action also can have an effect on the other side of the world and 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 so don't think that um any offers or anything that that you think well i'm you know i want to do something i want to do something good let us help you learn how to do you know we we know how how we can can get you to do the good mm. things and ta- and and solve the, resolve those issues. So, so in working together, collaboration is um, a, a word that we're hearing over and over again. We're working alongside other charities um, to make sure that that you know that we're bringing all our services together and making sure that the people, the communities, the businesses, everybody in everybody can do something to bring positive change. I love it. Do you not just love being in? <laughs> Mm. The St. Basil environment. Yeah. It's, great. You'd it's, think quite, it's quite inspiring, that. Yeah, it is. Oh, sorry, very. I've heard that I didn't pre plan that. Yeah. It's, um, knowing what you know, yeah. Barry, and knowing what you know, Seattle, and knowing what I know, I still want to sign up. I still want to think, oh my God, right. Yeah. Show, show me the paperwork. Yeah. Just yeah. tell me. I thought I couldn't do anything, but the way you've just described that. I can do something. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And help me learn to know what I can do yeah. rather than just yeah. going, someone else will sort it out. Yeah. Some, I've got my own troubles. Someone else will sort yeah. it. Yeah. But there will always be someone else that's got more troubles than yeah. you. True, and, and, and it's, it's not somebody else's problem either, is it? Because no, it will impact definitely you. not. Exactly, it, it impacts us all. So yeah. it doesn't matter what societal issues there are, whether it be homelessness, whether it be you know mental health problems, whether it be substance issues, whatever it is, it will ultimately have an impact either on yourself, on your family, on your businesses, on anything. So if we don't address these societal issues, then you know we're, we're in that that trans. Definitely of, 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 mm. of non-change, yeah. and that's yeah. not where we want to be. No, exactly. No. And gone are the not days now. where we brush it under the carpet. Yeah, because, no, like you say, things like this impact everybody. Yes, and rather than just close your eyes and think, "No, it's not happening to me," yeah. it it may, yeah. it will. But if you can make one little difference, it's all a good thing. And it's rewarding. I mean, you think about it. If I'm having a bad day, and I say this often, so sorry for the cliche, but. If you're having a bad day and you are able, if you do something nice for somebody else, that automatically picks you up. It automatically makes you feel better. So, you know, it's a win, 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 win situation. And that's why me and him are so happy. This yeah. is why we're smiling all the time because we just get to the lovely stuff for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but you, know, you mate, happy, you know. Happy, happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Barry just bullies me. No. <laughs> I don't really do not do that the time. <laughs> yeah. um, but be careful. Yeah, he does yeah. have okay, time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm the guy's the boss. Yeah. So we, <laughs> Am I? <laughs> for, for the people that don't know you, will automatically be able to resonate now why, why you both do what you do. But how come you went through St Basil's door in the first place? Um, do you want me to take that first? Yeah, go for uh, it. It's, it's a bit of a, a bizarre story how I ended up at St. Oh, Basel's. okay. Um, I'll try and keep it quick. Um, but I, I used to I used to work for radio stations. 
uh, throughout the country. He looks very comfortable here today, guys. No, I thought you were going to say I look like I have a face for radio, but thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> oh, cheers. I'll edit that. No, you no, look that, like you've got a face for radio, I, Barry. Yeah, I, I, I do. <laughs> and I, I absolutely, I'm surprised I can actually get near the microphone because my nose is so big. But anyway, um, but <laughs> but my, my roots. You can clearly tell from my accent. I'm not from originally around these. You know the, the you know the Brummy okay, parts. You know? Yep. Although I, I have been exiled from my country because I've married one of the local ladies here. That sounds a bit sleazy. Anyway, anyway. Um, Better call them wench. Wench. On black, black country. Oh, wench, wench is that term? The wenches yeah. round by us. Gosh, that's... Yeah. Uh, well, no. We'll discuss that later. But, yeah, I work for radio stations throughout the country. So I, my, my job would take me to, to different parts, you know, working, obviously, Scotland, um, you know, in the North East. And eventually I ended up in, in Birmingham uh, working for what was BRMB. Um, and became free radio during my time there. And I worked in a breakfast show with, with two good friends of mine, uh, Foxy and Juliano, was the, the two lads that I worked with. And, you know, it was a great job and, and I loved it. Um, but you would get up at like four in the morning every day, even at the weekends, because it was just, that's the way my life was. Um, and I remember getting to the point where I was getting up at four and, and the, the car uh, car park was, was about 200 yards away from where the, the radio station was. So I'd park my car, um, in the Hilton on Hampton car park, and then walk down Broad Street, where the the offices are for free radio, and uh, I would see people, you know, who were basically sleeping rough, and and I have to confess, it washed over me, you know. I just, you know, it was like, well, a bit like we were saying earlier on, it was someone else's problem, it wasn't yeah, my problem, yeah. and uh, there was this moment where I went to work one day, and and I would leave the office around about one o'clock, half one, and I came out, and there's a Sainsbury's on Broad Street um, and there was a person who was sitting there who I noticed had been sitting there since the morning time um, and he, he was you know he was okay uh, but he looked like he hadn't moved and just something clicked to me it was like that's that's not right mm. that isn't right um, and I, I started thinking you, you alluded to earlier on Laura where I started thinking well what can I do to help you know, really, I, I my job was to pay up with my job was to get paid to, to come up with stupid stuff on the radio to talk about. <laughs> That's what my job was. How can I use that skill set to um to, to, to benefit anybody? Um, so it started off with the usual sort of cliched stuff of going out and seeing reason buying a meal deal and and doing that. And then I realised actually that's not really helping. You know, as such, that's sort of almost enabling a situation to continue. You know, it's a nice short term thing to do. But then I realised I was doing that for me. I wasn't really doing that for, for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I, I started to look around and it just so happened. This coincided with a time where I was I was getting a bit fed up with coming up with daft things to talk about in the radio, uh, creating stupid features like, you know, doggy weddings and naked weddings, oh. you know, forming old man boy bands. Honestly, Google it. You'll He's find got clothes it. on today, oh, guys. Right, Don't worry. Change. This is where our events ideas come from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> Daft, stupid stuff that we come up with. Thank this, God this. Chris did an Iron Man. Oh yeah, my God. yeah. Oh, I had ideas of how he could have done that Iron Man, but anyway, you know. Um, the next but, one, maybe. Maybe, yeah, maybe. And I might do it with him. I won't. I can't swim. Oh, um, I'm not editing that no, one. No, no. De- well, I'm not doing it. I can't swim. You know, I could start and drown. There's time. Don't really fancy <laughs> it. To do it with armbands. Um, but, but yeah, it, it got to that point where I just started to look around and, and then this job at St Basil's came up and... and yeah, I'd heard of St Basil's uh, and, and I applied with the full intention of not getting anywhere um, because, truth be told, I'm head of fundraising for a charity, but I'd never really fundraised for anything in my life, you know, apart from the odd, maybe doing the odd half marathon or a marathon for, like, the children's hospital yeah. or something like that. But, but communications, I, 
know a little bit about, so I thought I'd throw my hat into the ring. Now, I, it's a long, long story of how I got the job, but essentially, you know, they, they took a punt on me, and, and yeah, I walked through the front door of St Basil's. But I realised, um, with hindsight, that the reason why the job appealed to me um, was it aligned with my values. Um, it aligned with my values. I'm passionate about equality. I'm passionate about fairness. I'm passionate about people having opportunities, regardless of their background. Um, and it was only when I, I actually started working at St Basil's in the first couple of months when I, I started you know, talking to the young people we support and, and the other staff members, I was like, yeah, that that's that was what really brought me here. It wasn't the, the, the desire just to help. It was like, this actually aligns with who I am and and the point I am at my in my life. You know, mm-hmm. If you'd asked me 10 years ago if I would have, well, maybe, maybe I'm forgetting, I've been in St Basil's for six years. If you'd asked me 15 years ago, I'm forgetting my own age now, um, <laughs> I probably would have been, at that time in my life, I'd probably been like, yeah, well, so what? What can I do? Um, but as I've got older, I've realised that I, I, I want to do something meaningful, and that's that's why I ended up at St Basil's. Excellent. Wow, what a story. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know how to follow that one up. Mine, yeah. mine, mine, mine's relatively uh, mundane in comparison. <laughs> yeah. um, so I, um, so I, I started my career in the public sector. So I worked with police, probation services and whatnot. Um, and um, a colleague of mine, uh, I was due to end a secondment uh, uh, with the probation service, and a colleague was working at St Basil's at the time, and said, "Look, Sian, this this organisation is pretty incredible. And if somebody's working for an organisation and says that, mm. you know that that is a good sign." Yeah. So um, he said, "It's incredible, and I think that you're going to love them, and I think they're really well fit, a really good fit for you. I think you should come in to consider them." I'd, I'd heard about them. I'd knew about them being in the Black Country and working with the ship and and, and services, homeless services over there. Um, it wasn't until um, I, I I started working with them that I realised how incredible that they actually are. We we are um, t- in, in regards to the work that we do, the services that we, we provide. Um, you know, looking at not looking at the, the a robust kind of service package, not and and delivered, cons- consulted by our young people. That our young people, you know, kind of look at what what it is they need, and they yeah. tell us what they need, and that to me means a lot it's not an organization dictating mm. and saying look we think that you need to do this and we, you need to do that it's it, it's it's listening to those young people for instance listening to them um you know that 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 it's it's difficult to keep a job and pay my rent um and live when if i wasn't working i would be, i would actually be better off mm. so we listen to those young people so basil's um takes that into consideration we now have the 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 live and work project the, the young people's village that that we listened um so young people can come and live with us um at a very s- small amount of for a small amount of money in my opinion it's like is it 42 pounds 42 pounds yeah. can live for 42 pounds be be a benefit free so not claiming anything at all from the benefit system getting a qualification because part of our scheme is that, that, that they've got an apprentice or that they're working or they're in some form of education and can go on and lead better lives now that to me means everything because having personal experience when I was younger in the care system and being homeless myself I, I, I saw those services I saw what St Basil's was doing and I thought from it, if I was to ask my 17 or 18 year old self what is it I need it would be all those things that St Basil's deliver so it of course made sense for me to come along check out what they're about fell in love and ended up staying there and for some bizarre reason 
Um, like Barry had no fundraising experience whatsoever. Um, however, Barry, you know, kind of um, took a punt on me uh, and was like, "Yeah, okay, let 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 let's see where we can go with this." Yeah. And 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 we're here now. Well, no one else applied. So. No. <laughs> I knew there was a reason. No, I, I knew I, there I was a reason. You must make yeah. a good cup of tea. And I've got, I've got to be honest. I, I, I told Sian many times there was actually many people applied for for the role who were experienced fundraisers. Mm. Um, but you know. I'm going to bore her again with it. There was something that Sian did in her interview that just stood out to me. Okay. Picked her um, nose? Hmm? Picked her nose? Oh, no, no. Oh, she, she did that many times. But, I probably you know, walked out at some that, point. Probably, yeah. yeah probably just, I'm not going to listen to Barry's rubbish. Um, it, it was this silly little thing. I, I mean, I wouldn't say it was silly, but it was, it was so thoughtful that, that literally as soon as she, that she did it, I knew that she was the one that was going to get the job. Um, and I'd interviewed, as I say, you know, loads of experienced fundraisers who would have been great. They would have been superb, but would they have really bought into what we do? Yeah. Now, I have to confess, I didn't know anything about Sian's background at that point, you know, but but I could tell just the way that she'd present herself that she uh, she was passionate about the cause and really believed in it. But what she did was that she had... Uh, I, I, <laughs> when I interview people, I, I, I get a wee bit nasty is the term. Is yeah, that that's, that's a fair point. Yeah, I, um, I, I, I really do a, a massive bit of role play um, <laughs> because of because of my Scottish youth theatre days um, and, I, and I, I enjoy it but it's, it's really what I'm doing is I'm, I'm trying to sort of suss out how people react under pressure yeah um, so whenever I've done presentations I mean I, I've done loads of presentations to lots of companies lots of community groups and 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 everything that could have happened has happened during it I've had people fall asleep in me during it I've had people start arguments with me uh, during these things and um, I've had people you know, walk out. I've had people do that to me, um, because I, I, you know, for whatever reason. So, so what I tend to do is I, I'll tend to test, you know, people with stuff like Absolutely. that. So, so I'll start like yawning and stuff, and like you know, I've done this, you know, during interviews and I've um, experienced yeah, this. you know, and start like you know, like I mean, you've got a pen there. I'll start doing things like like that during it, you know, like really just to sort of wind people up, um, to see how they'll react, um, but. At the beginning of Sian's presentation, what she did was she'd printed off, it's not unusual, people print off the, the PowerPoint slides, but she'd printed um, a version that was uh, for people who were colourblind. Oh, uh, thinking outside the box. And that, that was the moment, and I was like, she's thought about this. Yeah. She, she's thought about others' empathy. You know, I wouldn't have considered that. You know, I didn't even, it wasn't even my mind, but that, that was the moment, and I was like, I, I want this person to be in the team. So I, I've never employed a fundraiser. You know, uh, you know, to put a fundraising role because mm. the fundraising part. I mean, fundraising is essentially glorified sales. I was doing a, a talk yesterday about this, um, like one of those Zoom calls, and, and this is what I was saying. I always, you know, fundraising is glorified sales, but we're not selling a product; we're selling a vision. That's yeah. what we're yeah. doing. Um, and you know, if you're a good salesperson, you know, then you can sell anything. Um, but can you really sell a vision? And that that's that's different um, because ultimately, the people who are and, and I, I never ever say giving to charity. I say they're investing. They're investing in our region. They're investing in young people we support. Um, and, and they're investing in making the region a, a better place. Um, but they're not going to get a physical product at the end of it. They're not going to get a, a new iPhone or a car or whatever. They're, 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 what they're going to get is is a better place to live. Yeah, That's a bit more difficult and a bit more, yep. you know, it's not yep. so tangible. But yeah, that, that, that was the, that's the reason why Cyan got. Well, thank it? you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm really and she was cheap. The there you go. So that was it. You know, so, you know, so, so, yeah. Yeah. Saying, don't tell everybody <laughs> that Sian is cheap. Going down a dark road there. Sorry about that. Right. Next. 
So it takes a special kind of person. Um, I, I think, yeah, maybe it does. But I, I think, you know, you, you, you were saying at the beginning of the, the podcast here, it's about relationships and people, yeah, isn't it? Definitely. If, if think about, a, you know, a good fundraiser and a good salesperson and, or anybody who works within, you know, who works in relationship management. It's, it's, it's your ability to, to start meaningful and productive relationships with people. But, but yeah, that's, that's and, a skill. And, and I think it comes from being authentic. Yeah. I yeah. Think people yeah. can tell. You know, you know whether absolutely is 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 is, is it authentic or is it that you're doing it to, to tick a box or it's to mm. gain something that just for yourself and it's not a mutual or it's not a combined benefit to us all. Yeah, definitely. So, so yeah, and I think we uh, with and th- and that's what I'll say about St Basil's that you know when we look at when you break down St Basil's values and it's young people first, but it is the next one is everybody matters. Yeah. You know, and I, I can't emphasise this enough. I, I, I go on about it and I go on about it and I go on about it. I'm probably going to take over the podcast and go on about it more. But it's, about it's, it's that, just a little bit. <laughs> 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 Nothing else, just yeah. that. But no, it's, you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. So, and it, sometimes you, you kind of take that information in and you've got nothing to say. So mm. I excuse the long silence at times because you just go, oh, God, actually, yeah. But that's a good skill yep. as well. I've always said that, you know, like, see, I, I was watching a politician on news this morning and, but, yeah, I, I, I clearly, you know, I wonder who prepped some of this rubbish, you know, but <laughs> but, but I've noticed that nervousness is a sign of people just keep talking and keep talking and keep talking. And after, I'm, I'm occasionally guilty of myself, but it's a real skill to just stop and think and, and process something. Yeah before you, you answer it. And I found that about, I mean, Gina, our chief executive at St Basil's, um, I mean, one of the interesting things about St Basil's, we've been about for 50 years and we've, got, we've only ever had two chief executives. <laughs> the founder, Les, who's, who's sadly no longer with us, and Jean. Um, and Jean is the absolute, oh, just, you know, I'm not just saying this because she's my boss, but she is so passionate about what we do. Mm-hmm. And the way that she talks to young people, you know, you know, it's just incredible. Like, you know, she, she is one of the most respected voices wow. in our country when, when it comes to issues on homelessness. You know, she, she chairs the, the West Midlands, you know, Homelessness Task Force. She's on the Rough Sleeper Advisory Panel for, the, for, for you know, the you know for, for the country. All those things. Um, but just how relatable she is. And again, it comes back to that thing. It's her ability to, to form meaningful long-lasting and effective relationships with people that, that it's just so powerful so anyway, yeah. and, and it's great that she creates that culture yeah within St. definitely she's yes. created that culture it's transcended yeah. down to the bottom to the top to yeah. everybody um and 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 that is inspiring um, yeah. and to have such great leaders around you i mean what, yeah. what more would you want Ex- really exactly in, for a meaningful occupation and career? yeah yeah definitely i won't ask you the question of if you didn't do what you did what would you do instead because who would want a different job? I've got an answer to that. Oh, go on. Yeah, uh, I would want to run a bike shop in Tenerife. Why Tenerife? Um, I'll tell you why. Um, it's it's one of my happiest memories. Okay. Um, in fact, it, a bit bizarre. Um, when I was in the process of getting my job at St Basil's, um, I, I went on a, a cycling holiday at Tenerife with my brother. And every year, we weren't able to do it last year, but... My, my mum is, is no longer with us. Um, so every year, me and my brother would do something, you know, around about our birthday. So we, you know, like go cycling. That's what we do. Um, and uh, we went to Tenerife. And it, during the time when I, I'd applied for this job, I'd had my first interview. Um, they'd invited me back for a second interview, but I couldn't make the second interview because I was in Tenerife 
right? Um, and Ouch. I was like, what am I going to do here? Um, and thankfully, they, they were very understanding about it because I, I was very honest. I said, look, I, I, this is not something I can cancel. It's, mm. it's a week away that, that me and my brother always do. Um, and I just remember we, we'd went to this little bike shop and uh, we hired bikes and then we went cycling around the island. And it was just one of the best weeks of, of my life. And and I tell you, I mean, obviously, you know, I should say it's definitely not the best week of my life because clearly all the best weeks of my life involve my wife. Um, <laughs> you know, just in case she's listening. Well done. Yeah, yeah. Salvage that. Straight back. I'll pull it back. I'll pull it back. But, you know, my, my days really involved, you know, getting up in the morning, uh, going on a bike ride with my brother um, and then coming back and then actually going to this little internet cafe to, to complete online assessments for my job, you know, because they wanted me to, to write essays and, you know, pre- present strategy plans and stuff. And I just remember, you know, thinking at the time this little bike shop was just wonderful. And I thought if I could have that here with my wife, clearly, um, this th- this would be my my dream. But as I say, it's, it's, it's increasingly became a distant second because I do love what I do now. Yeah. But if you'd asked me at that time, it would have been that bike shop. Okay, yeah. that's a, that's a very good answer. Mine one's really easy in comparison, so it's just I'd just like to be less cheap. Less cheap, yes. Less cheap. I don't think that's possible. <laughs> <laughs> Stay in Do you do realise I'm only one yeah. meter away from you? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so, COVID police they have so, been injected. Socially, yeah, we have jabbed up. We we, up. we, we um, but yeah, so I. I, I, I you know, you get it. We, I, I would. I'm, I'm in the profession. I'm in the job that I want to be doing. Mm. Absolutely, do nothing else. I don't yeah. think Excellent. So, so fulfilled. Excellent. Yeah. Fantastic answers. Brilliant. Yeah. I love it. Um. So, now I know what gets you up in the morning, uh, Barry. It's obviously your love of I, your life, your little one. Yeah, my, my as well as the bike. Yes. Well, yes. I mean, increasingly so. It's just my seven month old daughter. It's it's my seven month old daughter's. It used to be cries, but uh, it's now the little noises that she makes, which are the sweetest things in the world. But I have to confess, there's a bit of me that dreads it because I know that's like five in the morning, um, <laughs> and that means I'm getting up to change a nappy. Uh, but no, she she does. You know, but. Yeah, it's bizarre. I was talking to, to a friend of mine about it because they say things like, I, I cannot stand those parents who say things like, well, kids, they're the most important thing. You know, your life, you know, doesn't start until you have children. That's absolute nonsense. Right? <laughs> kids, before I had kids, before I had a child, my life was wonderful. Right? Now I have a child, my life is wonderful. But it's a different kind of wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and it is, you know. Yeah. But it is. That it's is just, lovely. you know. And the... You know, I have to confess that I am looking forward to a little bit when she gets a little bit older. Um, You've got a long way to like, Yeah. When, when she's about 26, 27 years of age. Um, but I know, I'm actually looking forward to the bit where she, you know, she goes on a bike. I have to admit, there's something that's quite going to be lovely taking her to Sutton Park, you know, mm. and just, you know, she probably won't be able, you know, probably won't stand it. And I'll be like, well, there we go. Yeah. going to have to have another one down. Hopefully they will enjoy it. So, you, know, you know, but yes, it is, it is, right now it's my seven month old daughter who's definitely the one that's getting me up in the morning. <laughs> um, Sian, I've got a question for you. So you obviously have quite a heavy workload. Um, you know, you go through quite a lot of emotions throughout the day probably positive negative but always end on a positive right <laughs> what do you do to switch off when you want to get away from all of that um there's a couple of things i like to swim okay i, I really enjoy swimming um I, when i'm in the water i just feel completely free when mm. i'm when when i'm swimming it's it's i've got no thoughts running through my head i'm just in that water i'm um and, and it's a great escapism um um, I've got a 17-year-old daughter. Yes. Um, and she is um, a dream. 
Um, <laughs> I what? wish this was on video. What, what, what kind of dream? She really <laughs> is. She really is. I, 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 I feel for Barry because I, I you know, because on he's the got one it hand, all to come. Um, that he's got so such a journey ahead of him. But on the other hand, um, somebody once said to me, and and it, and it, it really hit me. It was you've got you've got eighteen summers with your kids before they probably go off and they'll go to uni and get their own. Mm you know have their own relationships and you won't share those summers or you won't have that time with them so um at, uh, the past year i've like I said I've, I've i've had a lot of time to spend with my 17 year old on her own um and i'm so proud of of the lady that she's become because she's she's twice the woman i am she's um I'm, I'm helping her with her journey with her purpose so she's really um passionate about um ensuring that young people get sexual um, health education and awareness and that and and I'm so my kind she of is a dream. drive is yeah. my she is a dream my drive is 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 really to help her and her purpose as well. Um, are you surprised of the woman that she's becoming? And I I ask that because you built those foundations. I I I I, I give her her own credit because um I th- like I said she's double the woman I am she. Um, it, it's almost like role reversal, Laura. She, she's the parent, I'm the child. Um, okay, it, yeah, it, now it, I get it. It switched about, I think it was about 14, 15, when she kind of, um, I don't know, her brain development obviously um, out, out, outweighed mine at that point. Um, and and now I, 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 I get told off. Um, I get told where I need to shop to save money. I get told how irresponsible I am. And I, and I kick myself thinking why did i install so much <laughs> in this child that she knows so much now she told she, she she told a story to one of her friends they um the other day uh, well i overheard on the phone and she said do you know before i went into nursery my mom read and made me understand the children's rights act um, <laughs> before i went to school imagine the empowerment I oh felt yeah wow um, so yeah i've created a dream i've created this lady i'm hoping that will be a formidable force in the world well, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, Barrett. Yeah, yeah and absolutely. and even if she is a slither of yourself, then she is a hundred percent of the way. Often. Yeah, no, it's just come back nice, yeah. more often. That's because they like the pool table, guys. Oh, Nothing yeah. to do with me. Right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about personal stuff. Mm. Dream car. Um, you want to go? Yes, off? I do. Yeah. Uh, Definitely, yeah. because um, Lamborghini made a car with my name all over it. Oh, of course, yeah. So course I, I do like an Aston Martin, though. I don't, yeah. I'm quite keen on them as well. But in all honesty, Laura, I smash cars up. I'm not the best driver. Where are you parked? I bought a quite a big 4 by 4 a yeah. few years back. Um, I had it a week, and both the sides was yeah. caved in and, and whatnot. I, so. I would never park my car. On <laughs> no. Just wouldn't take. I mean, in fact, I wouldn't even park it in the same car. I just need to make a phone call. Yeah, yeah, move it. You know, clearly. So, so to me, a car is 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 uh, it's something to bash about. No, I'm joking. <laughs> a car is a tin. It to me, it gets me from A to B. So yeah, but if Lamborghini are, are, are on the listening, <laughs> you did put my name on your car. Yeah. So. Mine's is a 1967 Pacific Blue Ford Mustang. Okay. That's my dream car. So you've not thought about it no, at all? No, 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 I've not. Um, that, that is the car. My, my, one of my bucket list things um, was to drive a 1967 Pacific Blue Ford Mustang down the Big Sur Highway from San Francisco to Los Angeles. And and I kind of did it where I, I did drive down the Big Sur Highway um, in, a, in a Mustang, uh, but it was a new one. 
because uh, I couldn't get a 1967 Pacific uh, I could have, but I couldn't afford to hire it because it was that much money. And I, I'll never forget, um, cause I, I, me and my wife got married in America, but we did this sort of kind of trip of a lifetime thing before it, where we flew to San Francisco and uh, we had like, did the whole Alcatraz thing and did all that. And I actually, bit of a bizarre story of how me and my wife uh, got, well, proposed, is that the term? Okay, my wife yeah. basically proposed to me, technically. Um, very, very quickly, we were in the Bull Ring shopping centre one day, um, walking around, Kerry says to me, uh, where do you want to go on holiday? And uh, and I went, well, I'm not really that bored. I mean, I'm bored. I don't really, if anywhere, I'm not really that bored. As long as I can hire a bike when I'm there, I don't really care. Um, or go a run. Um, she says, what have you always wanted to do? And I told her what I'd always wanted to do. I wanted to drive this car down the, you know, the Big Sur Highway. Um, and she says, that actually sounds really, really cool. So we went into Debenhams and Virgin Holidays. Yeah. I don't know oh, still there. So yeah. there. Um, and we asked them about it. And uh, they'd said, uh, you know, gave us a price. And it was like, it's not terrible you know it's expensive but you know we could do that and my wife jokingly says well we're not that far from vegas why don't we drive to vegas after we've been to los angeles and get married and i went yeah that's fine and that was how <laughs> me and my wife got proposed but i actually what, what we did was we went to san francisco and uh, uh I, I proposed to her on the my favorite song is sitting in the dock of the bay by okay it's one of my favorite songs well it's my favorite song um and uh so i proposed to her on the, the dock of the bay and oh uh, barry you would have known you know but yeah that 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 was it so uh, yeah i've always wanted that car but when we got to los angeles i went for a run around beverly hills and uh there was one for sale um <gasps> and it was it was thirty five thousand dollars and i was like this is the time I really wish I had money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, no, I mean, I've, I've, I love cars. I'm, I'm probably the complete opposite from you. I, I, I When I was a kid, um, when I was about four or five years of age, I could literally just, any car that passed, I, I knew what it was. You know, oh, wow. my brother used to test me on it. It was hilarious. He was like, you know, beside me, my brother's 10 years older than me, and he'd be like, with well, these mates, like, watch this. Any car, he'd point it. I knew the make and model of it. Oh, um, wow. And, yeah. Sad, but yeah, that is the car. That no, it was quite a skill. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was nothing much else to do in Glasgow that time, <laughs> other than drink up fast. Yeah. But I was a bit too young for that. I didn't start until I was seven. So. Mm, mm. It um, it surprised me actually about cars because mm. I know you like the two um. Oh yeah, two wheeled that. vehicles. Yeah, I mean, oh, I can tell you like my my top ten list of bikes that I would want. Um, but yeah, I I do like the cars. Um, I like going fast. I think that's that's okay. my thing. Um, and I like, but I, I, I think, yeah, I, I, as I've got older, I, I've probably, like, I probably would have picked an Aston Martin DB9 as my favourite car oh, before. Yes, now yeah. we're talking. That's a nice car. I mean, I've never wanted to be James Bond or anything like that. Yeah. I've, I've never even watched a James Bond movie, you know, because it's just never appealed to me, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, but that is an amazing car. But as I've got older, I, I definitely have got a bit more of an appreciation for a, for a beautiful bike than, than I have for four wheels. I, so. I share that. But yeah. my my bikes, I'd rather have a, an, an engine. engine. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I'd, I'd yeah. rather get on a motorbike any day. Yeah, yeah. any day. <laughs> Motorbikes have never appealed to me. Really? Nah, but never. you said you like going fast. So yeah, well, not on a bike like that. Although I do like Harley Davidsons. Oh, okay. You know? so I did actually it. used to date uh, a woman in Glasgow who's. Um, Dad, uh, shouldn't be talking about exes, should I? Yeah, go. So, <laughs> but my but her dad owned a Harley Davidson store, um, oh, wow. so I did have the appreciation. And and what is the is it Mott? motorcycles that's down here and I, it's, it's based around the corner from our offices in Digbeth um, and you go in and the motorbikes 
It's the old style motorbikes. Oh, I haven't seen. Oh, this. you need to go around because oh, they're also oh a God. coffee shop when it's open. Obviously, yeah. amazing motorbikes like bikes that have been like you know, Steve McQueen movies and things that are all there. Oh, wow. Wow. It's incredible! Incredible. There. You know, like you can buy these bikes, but it's also like museum pieces as well. It's an amazing oh, that's place. Interesting. Oh, that's very yeah. interesting. Pop round when we're allowed to. Yeah, definitely. I am looking forward to coming to your office. I must admit, we're it's, looking it's, forward to having you round. Yeah, although That'd be I don't, great. Don't really know if it's going to be much of a match for this. You'll be fine. They'll tidy up. <laughs> yeah, we have all our events equipment uh, sprawled out just, across yeah. the offices at the yeah. moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'll be there, I promise. Yeah. Now, a couple of um, questions that keep coming up within the podcast that mm-hmm. um, I intend to do: red or brown sauce? It depends. I think I, I think it's criminal to put anything but brown sauce on a bacon and sausage sandwich. It's absolute criminal. This is why Chris and Sian get on so well. Red, red. So why would you mix red sauce with bacon? It just doesn't make sense why to me. Why wouldn't you? Oh, why on. would you put red sauce anywhere near anything? Red sauce chips. rules the roost. No. Brown sauce tastes like tar. You know. <laughs> yeah. And I've never tasted tar, but I imagine that's the brown sauce. <laughs> yeah. That's a bizarre one. No. I prefer no. chocolate. Let's just go for chocolate. Yeah. Favorite chocolate. Chocolate with anything. Yeah. What's your favourite chocolate? Oh gosh, I couldn't. I couldn't possibly pick Top one. Three. Then. Um, oh gosh, I'm not a dark chocolate you, person. Mm. No. You're I, going in the chair. This is your last meal, but uh, you want chocolate, so, so you have to choose all of a three. This conversation. <laughs> okay. I just, I just the pressure. I, there's not. I just put me in a bath full of it. I don't. I don't. Mm. I don't care. I don't. I'm not. I'm not particularly bothered what type it is, as long as it. it it's not too dark and bitter. Okay. I, as I've got older, um, I, I prefer dark chocolate more. Um, I never used to. So mm. I used to love Galaxies, um, Whispers. Seem trying to be posh. No, no. I, just, <laughs> like, I did notice though, you know, like, uh, like posh I, I, I do like my green black, uh, green and blacks, you know, seventy yeah, percent stuff. Nice. And yeah. you used to be able to get a deal in the, in the supermarket. But these days, it's very, really on offer. You know, co-op. So, I think often have uh, well, green and black. Yeah, so I, mean, I might pop around there, but I, you know, I, I do like the seventy percent stuff. My, my wife likes like ninety-five percent dark oh, chocolate. Yeah. Ooh, that is just it's like so treacle, or I don't know. It's just mm. it's. You it's might so... just go for the bean. Just have yeah, the bean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. What about you, Laura? Oh, what, what are you? Red. Chocolate. Oh, red or brown? None. Okay. I think it should be dry. Dry. No, lots of butter on a bacon sandwich. Okay. Butter on your bread, good bacon. What do you eat with your chips? Mayonnaise sometimes. But I like ne- a bit of mayo in the chips. Never yeah. red or brown sauce. Okay. And, uh-huh. and, and chocolate then? Oh, well, if I had to have, if you were going to bring me a treat round okay. and bring me some chocolates, okay. you both went like that. They're listening guys. chocolates yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just Brazil's. Okay. By the company Pains. If you're listening, Pains. Yeah. P A Y N E S. I um I love just Brazils. Okay. I do really like I'll, them. I'll keep a mental note yeah. to that one. And if you I? think about it, the chocolate around it, sorry, Pains, isn't like tastiest of chocolates, but yeah. the combination of the two is just lovely. Mm. Yeah. But they're very very hard to get hold of. Okay. Yeah. Well, we know people, don't we? Yeah. You do. You do. <laughs> you do. <laughs> I don't know anybody. <laughs> but I am a little bit the same. I, I, any kind of chocolate. Yeah. But I've got to fancy it. I do like crisps as well. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I'm, Cab- a Cab- I'm a big fan of Cadbury's. I, 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 I mm. again, you know, I, I love Brum what girl. they stand for. I, I, love, you know, and and and. and if stuff, Cadbury's so. are listening. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's mine. <laughs> <why. laughs> 
Excellent. So closing question, and I love this question when I ask people, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Um, for me, it would be never having lactic acid again. And by that, I mean, it means I could basically cycle and run okay. forever. So that, that would be... And there is actually someone who does have that, that is actually a condition. So it's not really a superpower. It's something that, that, that you can actually have. There's a guy, I can't remember his name. And you're thinking about it earlier on. I was like, I'm going to must Google his name. He runs a marathon every day and has done for like... I know years. his name. Who? Nutter. Nutter, yes. <laughs> I, probably, Johnny Nutter. That's, yeah. it, that's the very one. Um, but he doesn't have any lactic acid. Um, which means that he, he, he how's that possible? It's it's some it's, bizarre, I, it's something it? I don't know. It's some condition he has, um, but it basically means that he doesn't. He basically just never slows down. Um, so yeah, if I had that, that'd be great. Okay, yeah. that's a really amazing answer. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, unusual. I wasn't expecting that. No, not me. Yeah. Um, so uh, mine would be probably mind reading. No, and do you know what? I had yeah, a feeling you yeah, were going to say it'd that. Have to be. I think mm. that. Um, so when I was young, I had. Um, I. I, I my 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 sister would cover our walls in posters of E17 and um Steno. yeah and <laughs> um and new kids on the block and and I I had an obsession with Peter Fetching Fetching and um this is a um yeah arctic explorer um he was he an incredible the <laughs> most interesting man that's mm. ever existed um, Arctic Explorer, he literally got caught in um, an, an avalanche and had to mould his own frozen poo into a dagger to get out of this trap entrapment he was in. He then crawled three hours. I've got to tell you this. He yeah. crawled three hours to his camp where he, d- he he cut off his own toes because the... the, the, the frostbite. Yeah. Right, yeah. Mm. He peeled off half his beard and face oh. because it had it frozen yeah. stuck to something. Mm. Got all well. Um so no anesthesia as well while he did this. Got all well, um, went back again, and two years later, and then his leg come off. He was he, he was Danish. Thank you for the learned lesson. He was Danish. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, I've said this to you. Yeah, I've seen the state of your feet. No, no. <laughs> Ew. I can't Honestly. remember showing you my feet. You know. <laughs> um, but but yeah. So he he did us some incredible things. He was a Jewish guy, and he helped German. Uh, um, he helped a lot of uh, Jewish refugees. Mm. Got arrested by Germans. Ended up being imprisoned um, and escaped. Um, went on to win the equivalent of um, uh, what is it? Some millionaire. We are. Who wants to be? Who wants to be? I don't watch yeah, TV. No. You can tell. Um, <laughs> won the equivalent of that at seventy years old. So that's that's my ideal. That's that to me is that, that that's the kind of person um, who who is emotionally intelligent and things like that. If I could have the powers of that man. If, if, if I could be anything like that man, then, yeah, that, that would be a superpower to me. With See, this, that kind of question kind of summarises who you two are because it wasn't that kind of selfishness of, oh, mind reading, um, look through walls, um, I'd like to fly, I'd like to do this, I'd like to do that. You want to empower yourselves with an ability to do better. Yes rather than yeah. for selfish reasons. And a lot of us, if you ask anyone what their superpower would be, it would probably be for a, sel- a more selfish reason. Whereas for you two, I've analysed it in a way, and it's probably because I know you, that you want to empower yourselves to do better for others. I think, um, yeah, probably to an extent. Yeah, I'm an yeah. empath, so yeah, yeah probably, probably that. But it would, be, it would be cool to be able to do some 
pretty incredible stuff, wouldn't it? We like, would exploit it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Everybody you'd would. Yeah. You'd have to have Yeah, of course. And, and yours, Laura, tell us yours. What would yours be, oh. please? I'm intrigued. Do you know what? I think I always thought it would be flying or something like that, yeah. but I think it would be mind reading. Yeah. But I'd have to... I'd have to utilise the skill to my own benefit because mm. I can be a little bit nosy and I'd just be, I'd be a bit like <laughs> yeah. a magpie. I'd and be honest. left, right, left, yeah. right. Oh, but part of me and knowing my own kind of background, I'd be listening into all these different stories. I think, right, well, I, I can't do that right now. I need yeah. to go and help that person or do that. Oh, right, they want a cup of tea. They need a bed for, <laughs> bed for the night. They need some dinner. They want their toilet clean and they need to do that. All, all their, tr- I'd be carrying that burden of their troubles around. Yeah. And that's where I'd have to hone that skill a little bit, I yeah. think. Yeah. 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 No, definitely. It's a shame we can't just buy them off the shelf, isn't it? These superpowers. <laughs> no, off the black no, market. Yeah. It's more easier, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'll try that one today, yeah. please. <laughs> I need to just fly myself off to a, a remote island oh. and uh, where, where, where the virus doesn't exist. That'd be nice. Do you think remote islands? be a thing now in what's that a thing so here's the golden ticket Sian. you've got a one-way ticket to a remote island off you go oh god i drive myself insane within the first day i need yeah. people around me mm. i i i i i, I no the, she says <laughs> <laughs> i am um, no i definitely I, I the more people around me the better i'm i'm a people person so i yeah. would not do well um isolated and by myself mm. maybe it's just i just love my own company maybe <laughs> i don't know <laughs> right, right now it sounds like bliss, you know that, you know, you know what, no baby crying, and uh, yeah, that sounds like absolute heaven to me. But yeah, I, I'm just same. It sounds appealing, you know, the idea of being on a remote island on your own, and then no, I, I, I like talking to people. Yeah, I think know. a year ago everyone would have took that golden ticket. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah but not now. I mean, I, I like, I, I'm an incredibly interesting individual. Um, <laughs> and, and humble, yeah, and, and humble, humble, and you know, and really, really funny. <laughs> Um, and just an incredible human being, but I get bored of myself really easily. Um, so I think I probably lasted about twenty minutes, and I'd be like, "No, I need, I need to, I need to get away from this individual. He is so irritating." You know. Oh, so, well, how how do you answer a statement like that? Um, well, I can. I can thank you both very, very much for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure, not only to see you both had the pleasure of Sian's company at Christmas time, yes, but to see you both has been. Fabulous. It's been lovely. And, yeah. yeah, and likewise, Laura, yeah. we I, it's, thank you ever so much for inviting us, Darren. Um, but thank you for everything you're doing. Yeah. It's been, you know, uh, I can't tell you how we how much of a pleasure it's been to work with somebody that's become friends, but mm. has also genuinely cared about our young people and shown that repeatedly. So thank you very much as well. We will always be there for you. 